Welcome to the Pubcast, your inside look at electronic publishing. From ebooks to websites to podcasts and more, join us as we interview the professionals on the cutting edge of publishing. Hi, I'm Becca Pollock, and today I'm interviewing Chad Redden, creator and operator of NAP, an online multi platform literary publisher. So, first thing, for our listeners, um, can you give a brief summary of what NAP is, and what it does, and what the different components of NAP as a website are that you run? Sure. Uh, NAP is an online publisher. Uh, we primarily focus on electronic poetry chapbooks. Occasionally, we'll do a themed anthology, and we also host a twice-yearly online literature magazine called Stoked which is curated by Tyler Gobble and Lane Ransom. Then with that, NAP also runs like a Tumblr called NAP Hype, which started as a way to continue to promote current and former contributors of NAP. Uh, but that's kind of expanded to promote just various online writers, publications, and whatever else NAP thinks needs to be shared. Cool. So where did you get the inspiration for NAP? Were you the main force behind it? Yeah, I started uh, NAP in October of 2010, and I was kind of like just stuck as a reader and a writer without much of a community, or really little uh, idea of like how large the online writing and publishing community was at the time, and I would say it's like thousands of times larger now. So instead of doing any research for publications or writers, I just... One day, I woke up from a nap and decided to start an online literature magazine. And I had some experience before editing undergraduate literature magazines, uh, and I enjoyed that a lot. So there's just kind of a desire to keep to continue to do that in some way. And so that's kind of how nap started. Okay. So does it align in any way with your own career? No, uh, not at all. What I do in like for my day job, which is uh, just I, I work in a warehouse and I drive a forklift and unload trucks of uh, like used books and I sort through those to find mark uh, salvageable books to sell on Amazon. That's that's what I do all day. So I guess that's kind of a, one end of the spectrum of publishing, but not at all what I do with that. Okay, so um, with Nap, then are you the person who does the coding for the website, the design, that sort of thing? Yeah, um, NAP is just pretty much a one-man operation right now. At one time, I had other editors and readers involved, but uh, in this in this current stage, it's just all me. Uh, I'm 100% responsible for reading submissions, making selections, uh, communicating with contributors, doing the layouts, the, the e-chat designs, cover designs, uh, anything that can be considered know, publicity through maps, various like Tumblr, Twitter, and Facebook accounts, all me, and then I do the website stuff uh, for the occasional uh, website. Whenever I do a poetry chat, that might be more of a, on web pages instead of a PDF, I do that as well. So do you have any formal training then in any of these like pro- different programs that you use, or what programs do you use to help you? I guess, where did you learn coding, that sort of thing, and design? Um, 
I, when I was uh, an undergraduate, I was an editor for the undergraduate literary magazine, uh, Indiana University, Purdue University in Indianapolis. And uh, we used InDesign for our, our print layouts. It was a print magazine. And uh, so I became familiar with InDesign there. I actually had to take a, a class to qualify to become uh, one of the editors to do that layout. And so I had experience with that. And then with um, with HTML and uh, Photoshop, I've kind of just fumbled my way through it, learning as I go, uh, looking at tutorials online. And, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, really, like, whenever there's something that I need to know how to do, I usually can find uh, somebody that knows how to do it just in, you know, in, in the circle of people that I know online or there's a, a tutorial or, or a web page with instruction. So for the most part, it's pretty self-taught? For the most part, yeah. yeah. That's really impressive, actually. The design is awesome, um, I've noticed. So good work. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, I've, really, I, I've really never taken a design or an art class so it's just just from reading books and magazines for my life and just you know just seeing those examples and sometimes uh, trying to replicate them I'll, I'll see I'll see uh, a book or whatever that I, I like how the layout is and I'll, I'll figure out and try to take it apart and know how to do it myself awesome so I noticed that your main website is actually run as a tumblr is there a reason for that rather than WordPress which is what most people tend to use um yeah when throughout the first uh, couple of years that map was going on it had its own standalone website but uh, through like the publicity of each uh, publication uh, Tumblr kind of became a main outlet, and so I decided to streamline the process and do the primary posting through Tumblr and make that the main website because, uh, like, through Tumblr, Nap gained like a few hundred followers that would share like the post to their audiences, and then increasing the potential audiences for every publication I put out. Um, so it just kind of just made sense to. Uh, invest more time into that because like kind of the effort to, to do the coding for a website bogged down in like in production so just the, the ability the quickness to post on tumblr and plus there's already a community there that was sharing uh the works and so i thought that that was just probably a better way to go and as a way to build now and i haven't really spent a lot of time with wordpress um so I, I can't really say why there's one reason I, I chose Tumblr over WordPress. It just Tumblr just made more sense at the time. Um, that in mind, do you have kind of an accurate idea of what your readership generally is? Generally, because um, I have website website statistics, because I host all of the, all the PDFs uh, through a through a different website where I have statistics. Um, so, like, Tumblr is more of a distribution, um, but all the main content on another website. And through that, I generally, on average, uh, within the first few days of a, a release, there's generally about uh, 500 views or so uh, for each production. And then that usually flattens out to around 1,000 for, for the first month. 
Okay. Um, sometimes these numbers go up, like if the author already has like a large social media following. Generally, their audience, if they if they like it, they're going to share it, which broadcasts it out to a larger audience. So I've I've had like some like I've had a couple multiple author publications uh, go wild in the first day and hit the, like up to fifteen thousand views in this first day. Just from their own following. Yeah, from from their following each author, you know, tweeting or posting on Facebook that you know here's here's what I wrote. I'm part of this. Cool. So, what do you do um, to gain readership? Do is that something you actively think about? When I first started up NAP, uh, I put a lot of effort into our Twitter presence because um, Twitter is a very active community. There's there's a Facebook page, and it gets it gets um, some activity. Mostly, uh, I if I want to make like an announcement post or whatever, I'll I'll go to I'll post it on Facebook, and that will automatically tweet uh, through the Twitter account. And so through there, um, I just became very active with reblogging or retweeting other publications if, if they had a new issue and interacting with writers. Right now, I haven't put as much time into that, but really with, with each uh, publication, Matt puts out the authors involved, they introduce it generally to someone that's maybe never heard of NAP. So it's kind of, you know, slow growth through there. Um, but many of the, the contributors that I have found out about me because of someone that they'd read that I published. So I, I, I like that approach more because I know that people are actually reading what I'm publishing. So they know kind of the style that I might be interested in. So kind of like a slow word of mouth, primarily delivered through social media? Yeah. Would you then say, uh, like, personally, do you think that social media has been uh, really important, in, especially online in the publishing? Yeah, I believe so. Um, I mean, pretty much I completely rely on social media um, to, you know, just to, you know, attract the readers and, you know, the back writers to want to submit to me. Um, and it's just, and it's not all of what that puts out through its social media accounts of people that are involved. And then there's, you know, also there's just a readership that when they like something that that does, they're sure to share it as well. Awesome. Um, so for all parts of NAPFEN, everything is available online and for free. Um, and you put out different formats, things like PDFs, like you mentioned, and the eBooks. Um, how do you feel personally, I guess, about um, online publishing and how, what kind of freedom is it? Is that why you chose to pursue the online format? And how quickly does it enable you to put out new material? Like, I've worked, uh, I've worked with uh, a few print publications in college. Mm-hmm. And they they were very expensive to do. Of course, there was like a university budget that kind of covered that through uh, student union fees and all that. Um, as just an individual, I couldn't justify the investment in, in a print magazine, even though I know there's print on demand options now. You know, make it very easy to, to do. I just uh, I like. I just like the uh, the instant access uh, 
uh, accessibility for a lot of people to uh, read read things online. So I think that really what it comes down to is that it just gives a lot of access and introduces writers to uh, a newer potential audience. Because I think overall, um, I think small press is growing, and I think self-publishing is going to be growing as well. And writers kind of were looking for the ability to gain an audience. Uh, As I've worked with people with very few publication credits, and I've worked with people that have a few books already. And mm-hmm. if I can introduce them to a broader a broader audience, then I feel like I'm helping them out uh, in some way. Because once they have a broader audience, you know, at some point that audience becomes fans and then interested in pursuing and purchasing whatever you know print publications or whatever work that they decide to do later on down the road. Have you ever thought about maybe starting a Kickstarter campaign or Indiegogo to expand to print, or is that just not something that suits NAP? Um, at, at a certain point, uh, NAP would like to go into print and do more with uh, books uh, instead of uh, like a multi-author anthology or lit magazine. Like, There's definitely an interest in books. And really, it comes down to uh, you know a time commitment. There's there's so many more things that I need to learn as an editor, and really just I need to learn more about publicity. Really, just how to sell things. Because right now, I'm 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 at a kind of a point where I can make decisions and back projects that might not be very commercial. I guess I would say mm-hmm. so. Um, so I feel like I take a lot of risk and I have a lot of freedom right now. Um, if it comes to putting together funding to put out a print production, I feel, uh, I, I feel very nervous about it. But there's a, there's a lot of things that I need to investigate before I get there. In a, in a couple of years, though, I feel like I'll be, I'll be ready to go into the print realm. Cool. Um, you mentioned actually the time commitment of being print. How much does time does it typically take uh, for a general like producing it one each app start to finish, not including submission periods? Okay. Generally, if if I get a manuscript that it is print re- like ready to go, there's not a lot of editing involved, or I, you know I can't see, I can't make any suggestions about the manuscript, and I can do a layout within a few hours on InDesign. Really what takes me some time is to come up with cover artwork. If I want to bring in another artist, uh, I have to work around their schedules and find a way to compensate them. Or if I do if I do the artwork, which I've done a fair amount of the cover artwork, it takes me a little bit longer to do because I am not the most artistic person, but I have some ideas about covers and whatnot. So Really, if I'm buckled down and I'm, I'm ready to go within a night, I can have each chat put together like 30 to 40 pages uh, ready to go and upload it online. Well, that's pretty quick, actually. Um, faster than I was expecting. Um, for like the coding of an ebook, I think that's one thing that like pretty new to a lot of people. Um, is that actually one of the faster parts? It seems like design is more time consuming. Yeah. Generally, in the process of like communicating 
with the author about the manuscript, and, I, and I, as I read it, I, I have a an idea about how I want it to be displayed, and really it's just, you know, a little bit of conversation back and forth about what kind of fonts, placement of text, placement of titles. You know, once all those those decisions are generally made, well before it comes to the point where I have to put it in design to make a PDF. I used to do work with the Kindle and do an actual ebook as well as offering the PDF version. But after a while I noticed the readership for the PDF version was so much greater than the ebook version on Kindle. I just decided to streamline and stay with the PDF. Because while the, the Kindle's really great for prose and fiction, when it would come to poetry, it would really kind of just mess up line breaks and things like that. Yeah. So I couldn't really retain it as much as a poet intended it to be. So with PDF, I can kind of lock in, lock into a form, and then really with uh, the way tablets are able to just go to the map website, hit the link, and then upload it to their tablet. And I try to keep the size of all the, the map publications to where it'll be optimized for like a seven inch or ten inch tablet. Cool. Do you um personally have an e-reader, like a Kindle or Nook? Yes, I have a Kindle and I have a Galaxy Tab, and I like both for different reasons. I definitely use my my older Kindle for reading books because uh, I don't necessarily like reading on a backlit display. So the Kindle with the e-ink is pretty nice. But then as far as not necessarily set up to browse online. Uh, so if I wanted to add a PDF to it, I would actually have to connect it uh, to a USB to my laptop. So with my Galaxy tab, I can just download everything to the tablet. Are there any online publishers um, kind of in the same vein as NAP that you might want to recommend to listeners? There, there are two that I can think of that kind of just cover all the bases. They're literary journals. They do e-chaps and they do print chaps, and that would be uh, Publishing Genius, which mm-hmm. also uh, creates Everyday Genius. And then Hangman uh, also does everything as well. And I've, I've noticed that uh, there are a few other publications that are talking about adding e-chaps to their, their already uh, literature magazine, but I'll have to see them do that before I can suggest them. Yeah, of course. But those two, Publishing Genius and Hangman would be two very just great examples. Plus, they have they have staffs behind them. Uh, multiple people are involved in all those decisions. Mm-hmm. Design, they create some really beautiful things. Yeah, do you um, think this trend in eChaps is going to continue to grow in popularity? I feel like eChaps uh, are going to be around. I think more literary publishers are going to Get, get interested in them and promote them. I feel like eChaps, just through PDFs or, or just creating websites, um, have been around for probably five years online. And I'm just another version of publishers that are looking into that. So we did already talk about this briefly, but just as a final question, where do you see NAP going from here? Is there a long-term plan? Is it just kind of a play-it-by-ear sort of thing? I would say that I I can't see myself not doing NAP at this point because it's it's such a part of my routine and my days. Like It gives me something to do when I 
enjoy being involved with the writers. And I'm a I'm a reader first of all, so I really like to read and seeing all these writers that are you know kind of establishing themselves or still developing uh, as writers and seeing them at these really early phases and being very excited for them 10 and 15 years down the line what they'll be doing. Nap, I would like to get into print books. I'm interested in doing audio and video projects. Uh, even if if the right project were to come along that would somehow involve global gaming or augmented reality, I would learn what I would need to learn to make it happen. So it really, it just it depends on the authors I work with and the manuscripts that they send me, what would work with that and then their vision. So it's pretty evolving. Yeah, yeah, it's still evolving. So thank you so much for doing this. That about wraps it up. It was awesome talking with you today. No problem. This has been the Pubcast. Find more episodes, read our blog, or send feedback by visiting us on the web at www.thepubcast.org. Thank you.